Welcome to the Hallisey and Horn podcast, hosted by Matt Hallisey and Al Horn. This is the only entrepreneurial podcast that helps you take the most important step to finally achieving financial and personal freedom. What is that step? Well, it's the very next step you need to take. It doesn't matter whether you've started a business but aren't profitable, or you've only just now thought about starting a business for the first time. You can design your new life in just a short period of time. We both started multiple profitable businesses, and we're here to help you move closer to your goal of living the life that you've been dreaming of. The crazy thing is you don't need to be especially talented, experienced, smart, or even lucky to make this happen. You just have to take the first step that's in front of you. So grab a drink and join us while we discuss our own journeys from working for other people as employees to living our dream lifestyle as business owners. We share our successes, our failures, and the simple formula we've discovered to go from starting from nothing to having our own profitable business in just a short period of time. We're here to help you move closer to your goal of living the life that you've been dreaming of, but we're always scared to go after. Welcome to the Hallisey and Horn podcast. You had me on mute. I thought I had you. I thought you had you on mute. No, there's a lot of people that wish they had me on mute. <laughs> uh, you're not referring to our uh, to our uh, audience of entrepreneurs out there. No way. No, just the hey. you know. Some people yeah. in your life just wish you'd shut up. I was uh, really. I know. Can you believe that? Some people uh, even break. Some people even break out clickers. <laughs> well, that's a whole different kettle of fish, my friend. But um, let. Uh, no, let I am a let proud. Say, I'm a proud. Say, I was gonna say I'm a proud member of the peanut gallery. My dad used to call me. <laughs> <laughs> my dad used to say I was I was I was uh, I was in the peanut gallery. So yeah. Well, thank God you're not allergic to uh, peanuts. Um, I've got to, I've got to say, I saw some interesting things on Yahoo this morning. Okay. And, uh, Jeez, I, after the, after the last week or two, I can't even imagine what's interesting <laughs> compared to normal. Well, Jeez. funny, actually funny. Um, I wasn't in the best mood this morning because I've got the, uh, podcast to record, that, you know, and no, 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 <laughs> that, that, that's good. I've got Spectrum uh, Internet cable guy scheduled to come up to my house because they can't figure out why my modem uh, will only do uh, 100 megabits per second when it's supposed to be doing between 300 and 400. They can't figure out from the office, uh, from their tech support uh, uh, bunker, why why it can't do that and i don't understand if it can do 100 why can't it do 300 and so they had to send it they're sending a technician out so i'm expecting even though i've confirmed the appointment at one o'clock i'm expecting some uh, ridiculous uh, uh spectrum charter communications company robot to call me of course uh, uh to confirm again in the middle in the middle of our podcast. So I'm expecting that. So um, naturally uh, everything is 10 times harder because they have to wear PPE. I've got some guy coming over here. I don't know. He's probably a subcontractor. You know, I, I'm not happy about some stranger coming to my house and messing around with my stuff. 
Um, so that kind of just set me off uh, uh, for the last uh, day or two. Um, I suppose everything will be fine, but it just goes to show you everything is 10 times harder with this whole pandemic and lockdown and everybody fearing for their life and the, uh, the virus mutating. Now there's even a more contagious version of it. So it just never ends. But I got to say, so that, that kind of set me off uh, and a few other things, which I don't know if I should mention, but anytime you're dealing with the government or some large corporate, corporate entity, you can always count on frustration, uh, difficulty, and, uh, and you can always count on them to, to, to goof it up or mess it up somehow. Um, they don't listen, they don't communicate well, in spite of all this technology that they have at, at, their, at their beck and call, so to speak. It's, it's just ridiculous. So, but I got to tell you, I saw something today that made me laugh and I, I'm still chuckling. And here's the story reported at, on Yahoo uh, that someone they found a manatee the sea cow the manatee and on its back it has a lot of algae it just builds up these things are slow they don't move very fast it's basically a sea cow okay with flippers and it's got this thick coating of algae on its back now someone they say you can never believe anything you hear and little of what you see. Uh, but someone has scratched the name Trump in the back on the back of the manatee. Now, I have two issues with this. First of all, why just, first of all, it didn't pierce the skin. It didn't hurt the skin. Who would be able to hold a manatee still long enough to put to, to take their finger, I'm assuming they used their finger. Manatee was not harmed, although it appears to be stressed. And so does Trump appear to be stressed. So they have that in common. But let me just say this. Who, who, and except another wildlife civil servant official person with a hat and an emblem, who could do this to the top of a manatee? How would they hold it still long enough? How could they, why would they put the word Trump and, and, and not even stop Trump or support Trump? Well, support would be a long word to put on the back of a manatee by, with your finger in the algae. But why, why and who and how? It's, it's amazing. Now, here's the, the second part of this story that I have to say is first of all, whoever did this, has no imagination, none. And I'll tell you why. Because if you had the opportunity to put a name with your finger on the back of a manatee so somebody could actually see it and read it, you would not put the, the name Trump. You would put the name Hugh, H-U-G-H, Hugh, like in Hugh Hefner. You would put the name Hugh because every time someone saw it, they would go, oh, the humanity. How could you miss that opportunity? <laughs> or 
You would have to put your .org or your .com on the back of it. I'm just saying, if you want the publicity, if you want the traffic at your website, you put your website on the back of the manatee. But if you really cool, you would put the word hue because then people would say, oh, the hue manatee. So that's that's my that's made me chuckle this morning to see that. Now, they've put out they've, they've, they said there's a five thousand dollar fine and probably imprisonment to anybody. If they find this culprit, this this perp, OK, that did this. But how how are they going to find this person? Are they going to ask the manatee? Are they going to are they going to do some kind of biological um, uh, uh, biological DNA to try to find the DNA from the finger? Uh, that manatee swimming in the ocean. I mean, how how are they are they going <clears> to <throat> look at cameras? Are they going to turn it over to the NSA? How are they going to find the person that put? Is this story even real? Is the story even true? Nobody knows. And that's my point. My point is you don't know what's real. You don't know what's true. You don't know fake news from real news. You don't know anything in this world. And that leads me to why. Hold on, hold on. You got to, no, no, no. You got to hold that. You got to let me on to this. this, (laughs) I lived. What do you think? Would you comment on this important issue? Oh my gosh. I'm I'm itching on it. So I used to live in Miami. So we used to see manatees all the time. (laughs) So you're an expert. (laughs) <laughs> no, I used to walk to class and I would see there's a lake on our campus and I sure. would see manatees all the time. Right. Okay. So I fully, you know, fully understand one of my one of my friends, her nick her nickname was Manatee like, completely <laughs> because she always used to tell all her friends she looked fat. And so we're like, yeah, you're a, you're a manatee. <laughs> and, and why is it manatee? Why isn't it womanatee? You know, right. I mean, th- these questions, can you answer any of these questions, my friend? Oh, I can. Well, I, there's a lot <clears throat> about the story that I immediately it begs further questions. It does. Okay. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> when it came up, my first thought was, is this from the onion? Like you have to check. Like, <clears throat> <laughs> like this just comes completely out of left field. Like <clears throat> why a man like. Okay, why a manatee? You know, if you're going to have this story, it could be a dolphin. If you're really going to be ballsy, it could be a shark. Sure. <clears throat> it, could be a, it could be in Iowa. It could be a cow. You'd think it would be in the Midwest. He has a lot more. There's, there's a lot more Trump support in the Midwest than there is in South Florida. I'll tell you that right now. How do you so, know it was a support <clears throat> effort? I mean, it's just the name. It I understand. But if somebody with the bad. Well, then that's, but you'd think if it, was, if it was, if it was bad, I can imagine the word that comes before Trump. <laughs> <laughs> or at least okay. the letter, the letter. Correct. Yeah. Correct. With, yeah. So, so initial thoughts, and I didn't get all of them because I didn't realize I should have written this down, but I had just a slew of thoughts that came in when you were telling your story. <laughs> so the first one I have is, first of all, it's an endangered species. I don't know if you know that or not. But manatees, yes. <clears throat> no, and so they're like, it's like if you mess with a manatee or even feed a manatee down there, mm-hmm. like the whole weight of the law is going to come down on you. So big time. Jumping on the back of it <laughs> and ha- being prepared enough to have a utensil where you can carve it into his skin, but yet not, not the skin, just the algae. Never pierce the skin. But whatever, have pe- whatever. Well, yeah. To have that to be prepared. 
to do that was amazing. Secondly, <laughs> these things don't tend not to swim in the ocean as much. They tend to swim in the waterways down there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, the channels and sure. different waterways. Slow moving water. Places where there's witnesses. Uh-huh. So my thought is like, I, I just imagine a mix of Larry the Cable Guy meets the Croc Hunter. Like, <laughs> like this is like, if I could see it happen, it had to be one of the funniest things. Ever, okay. Mm. So secondly, I know somebody who's really jealous about this. Mike Pence has to be sitting here going, what, you can't put me on the ticket either? Like, <laughs> like you know, all the bumper stickers will say like Reagan, Bush, yes. Obama, Biden, yes, Clinton, Gore, yeah. Trump, Pence. He's like, where, where am I? Well, everybody knows right now that they're they're not even speaking to each other. Oh, no, they unless yesterday. you've got two of these manatees, yeah. it doesn't make sense to put it, both names on the back. You're already taking well, okay wait no 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 so that that brings up another point okay. you don't first of all you don't know that there could be a pence manatee and we just <laughs> haven't found it yet <laughs> now you know this, this okay this, this I got, article I got, hold begs on. a lot of questions but yes you're right there could be so a pence manatee the out second, there the second question is did he get lost trying to protest at the capitol because trump did say to <laughs> like, <laughs> Because the capital of Florida is Tallahassee, and there's no waterway to get there. So I'm sure oh. he was kind of frustrated. Yeah. Um, secondly, he's probably down there. My question is, are the people who own some of the lakes down there, are they going to ban this manatee <laughs> from their waterways, like Twitter banned? <laughs> so that's the big question. Mm. Um, and then the big question I'm shocked that nobody even talked about. And and look, I voted for Trump, so, but I'm an. I'm oh, an you said that on our post on our. No, I did, cast? I did, but I, I'll vote for anybody if I like him. And I'll, I'll usually vote against people. Like I'm the mm. guy that when I turn on a football game, I don't look and say which team do I like. I'll, I'll root for them. I try wow. to find somebody that I hate and I and I root against him. So he I was see. kind of my Molotov. He was the enemy. He was, you know, there's an old saying: the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes, kind of like what that. They say, and that's so, what Putin so, says. But I love equal opportunity jokes. I love equal opportunity criticism. So I have no problem going in on the on the on the Trump joke right now. Mm-hmm. My question, and I'm really shocked. This was my first thought when I heard this story. Mm-hmm. How is nobody saying that the manatee looks like Trump? Well, I think that was the whole point of this. He totally the- has the he has the same body type. Right. Kind of has the same face. <laughs> yes. Right. Trump has less facial hair. The only thing the manatee doesn't have is the big, like, it's not a comb over, but it's, I don't know what you call it. Pump. It's like a pompadour. It's like a, it's like a bouffant. Sort of bouffant pump. It's, it's a pompadour door. Yeah. But font. it's, 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 it's the it's body some shape. kind of font. The body shape of a manatee is, is, <laughs> I don't know if identical is the right word, but I don't know that there's a word that's not identical to Trump. So here's what's going to trend. This is this. I'm surprised the gay they didn't get a tie on him, like one of those. Well, that's what I'm saying. Here's the trend. There's going to be millions of pictures on the web in social media of a manatee holding a golf club with a comb over pompadour, (laughs) going like, "Hey, I'm here." And I'm leaving. (laughs) 
And maybe there's a dolphin and they carved Melania in the back. I mean, oh no, that's that's too far now. That you by the way, it if, too far. And you could use the uh, you, there's a joke for a blowhole on there too if you want to just go there. So like I'm not going to say it, but I'm just saying Do, that it, it might be have, out there. Oh, you mean in the, the dolphins? The dolphins. Oh God! Wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a ten for those who are listening. I yeah. didn't I didn't break any standards. The botany in a lot on the, on the back no of every dolphin. That's true. On the back of every dolphin, there is a blowhole. So I'll let if you if you're the one thinking anything graphic, that's your fault, not mine. I'm not thinking yeah, anything. Get your graphic. mind out of the proverbial Water bowling uh, gutter, <laughs> bowling alleyway gutter. Anyway. anyway, that is a great story for you to bring up. I mean, that was just that was one of those things that on any other week of the year, yeah, that would have probably got a lot more traction. I mean, can you yes, imagine if would. that came out the week of the election? <laughs> like if that came out like Monday, right before the election? Here's the thing about it. And, and I don't think we should beat this to death, but here's the thing about it is it doesn't really say anything positive or negative about the Trumpster, the Trump man. It doesn't really say like anything positive. The Trumpster, the Trumpeter, it doesn't say anything really negative or positive. It's just somebody's crazy idea, but of something to do. Now, were they bored? Were they? How, why would they think they would be making a statement? How did they even imagine that this would end up on the newswire? So this is the thing: is I don't think they did, and this is the weird thing. There's this. There's an old. There's an acronym in Florida that everybody who ever lived in Florida understands. It's OIF. Which I have. OIF. OIF. Yeah, only in Florida. So, only in Florida. And Obama used the term he called Florida guy. And he said it in like 2012 <laughs> or whatever. Is it? But it's like, we always, there's a saying that in Florida, it's like, um, you're not allowed to have mud, you, you know, you're not allowed to have mud flaps in your car unless you live at least three miles inland. So, but my thing is this, is the manatees in the waterway. That's right by the border. That's like right by the ocean. That's sure. like, that's expensive territory. Sure. Now the, the the typical Central Florida Larry the Cable guy, they never visit the ocean, <laughs> but I bet you he was so. If maybe he maybe they came over there for whatever reason, and yeah. he just thought it was the coolest thing. But like I said, jumping into the water, it's not hard to catch him. Oh, you really? Know, it, with all the it, they move, they move like one mile an hour. Like they're the <laughs> slowest animal on the earth. They're basically like, a water blimp. They're they're basically a snail. In the water like they're extremely oh, slow but if you have that if with it's covered with algae how do you even stay on it long enough well i don't think he stayed like, on it i was he in scuba gear was he in a boat no but the, well the manatees are like just underneath the water they're, they're right. they they have to stick their nose above the water to breathe sure. so they're usually yeah. right they're like they're like snorkelers yeah, yeah. So you, but you don't have to go down deep. I mean, you can jump on it and you'll be above water. But like, how do you stay on it enough that you can actually carve it or whatever they're doing enough yeah. that, that's that's legible? Right. It, I, yeah, I think it problem. is. I think it's a guy I from know. Ocala. I'm going to guess the, this... the guy who did it when they catch him. I'm going to call it right now. I He's going to be from Ocala. Yeah. Well, I had the same problem with my ex girlfriend, but that's another story. Is that, um, and, and I'm assuming, I'm just presuming because I know you really well, that you would never bring that up, um, you know, to kind of segue off a story of manatees. Because we know that that would never happen. No, absolutely no, not. Absolutely not. <clears throat> but listen, I think we should let the manatee issue rest for a moment. I have a couple other things I want to bring up. 
The second thing this morning, which was uh, appeared to me uh, to be ridiculous, is as you know, we're both people that have been involved with Meetup, have used Meetup, and have been Meetup organizers. I believe um, I'm still a co-organizer of many groups. I, uh, uh, I'm no longer an organizer because I refuse to pay them uh, for the privilege of being ignored by Meetup HQ. And I didn't like a lot of things they were doing because uh, Meetup was becoming cumbersome and dysfunctional. And I didn't know where the company was going or what they were doing, but I'm still either the co-organizer or assistant or event organizer rather of at least seven or eight, fit, up as many as 15 groups. So, and I can still reach people in Meetup. But here's the thing that I saw this morning. Meetup HQ now has got a, 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 a group where they're inviting all the organizers and people in Meetup to listen to what they have to say about where Meetup is going, how to use Meetup, how to make Meetup better, all that kind of good stuff. So they set up a meeting uh, online uh, uh, webinar, if you will, uh, Zoom type thing. And the title of it is how to get more people to interact and participate in your group. So I go there and I look and there's a wait list. And people are putting comments in there like, what the F? I signed up and immediately I was put on a wait list. Uh, I'm an organizer trying to get a group going and you're, 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 I have to go back to check to see if you're letting me in on this webinar. Why are you, let, why are you doing this? So the people that were there to teach meetup organizers and other people who want to be meetup organizers who are paying for the privilege to be a meetup organizer, they are pissing them off and not letting them into the webinar on how to get more people to enter. This to me is the oxy moron ridiculousness of dealing with a, a company like meetup. It's just so wait, unbelievable. Let me let me just make sure I'm understanding this right. What is the yeah. topic of this webinar? Topic of the webinar, which they're going to help people with, is how to get more people to interact with you and participate in your meetup group. And so you're saying that, if I'm reading this right, and I'm, you're saying that they launch a webinar called How to Interact with More People, mm -hmm. and yet when you ask to interact with them, they stick you in a waiting list. That's right. So yes. I can't imagine their content has to be very good. If the first thing <laughs> they do on their side to interact with more people is to set the capacity so low that you have to wait list a lot of people. Well, here's my point. Here's my point is not a hard good things to come. Well, meetup has good intentions, but like we've talked about uh, in this, in this podcast regarding entrepreneurs and people that are running companies, your intention might be good. But if your execution is poor, you are you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna get it done. You're not gonna make it happen. In other words, they have the right intention, which is we're gonna help you, uh, meetup organizer, potential meetup organizer, whatever. Uh, we're gonna help you by uh, giving you tips and strategies and techniques for getting more people to participate in your meetup group. And we're gonna do this by immediately putting you on a wait list for our Zoom call <laughs> and not telling you why, not telling you why, 
and, um, and not letting you know uh, you know, what the whole purpose of this, this thing is, we're just going to put it out there and there's no reason for it. Um, yes, it might be difficult to have uh, breakout sessions if you've got 500 people on a zoom call, but so far as, as I've seen, and I've, and I've even sent you the link to some of these where the, the CEO and the, 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 the Imperial Grand Poobah, of Alicor, which bought Meetup, um, which I'm sure who's they got Al it. Who's Alicor? I don't know much. Alicor about is the uh, is the um, company that is basically what you call a, like a hedge fund that bought Meetup uh, from WeCore, We uh, WeCore, uh, the you know okay. the, the company that that went down in flames. But I guess it's oh the WeWork one, yeah. WeWork, WeWork. So. The guy that started Meetup sold it to WeWork for about $100 million. <clears throat> then WeWork, of course, with, uh, with the company, with the, the, the fund that is backing them, went, had a, a serious implosion and literally set itself on fire and then put itself out with an ice pick. Um, it, <laughs> it, uh, it it decided you know they they got rid of that guy that was in charge of it the guy that started it and, uh, started we work they got rid of him anyway they said you know we don't want to we don't want beat up we don't that's not going to make us the money we thought it was and so they sold it and i'm sure they sold it at a great price for this guy alicorp which has a bunch of different uh, 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 dot com plays and is worth a lot of money and has about two billion in their fund to spend on startups and that's a whole dealio. But anyway, <clears throat> so so this so he, that's that guy had a couple of uh, uh, webinars and then they had the 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 CEO of Meetup who did a webinar which wasn't that great. It was just mostly a lot of we're going to help the world and we're going to change the world. Here's my, here's my issue with it. And then we can move on to the next thing that I have written down here. My issue is this, that you can have the best intention in the world, but if you don't really listen to your customers, you don't listen to your clients and you don't respond to their needs, you're doomed. And, and maybe you will continue to exist, but you won't fulfill your potential. And Meetup is not fulfilling its potential because in my opinion, it doesn't give the organizers the right tools, not only to, to, to do what they need to do, but to, to, to do it in this world of the pandemic and everything being on Zoom and, uh, and so forth, which is now where Meetup has basically transitioned and is thinking of transitioning back to meet people meeting together in groups for a variety of things which is what it was originally set up to do is for, they wouldn't, there was a time in meetup where they wouldn't even let you post anything online. You could not have a webinar. They would forbade it. Okay. They, they said, no, if you have an event, people have to be in the same space together. <laughs> well, obviously that has changed all over the world. So you've got people in Dusseldorf near Dusseldorf, Germany, who are meetup organizers saying, Hey, I signed up for this. I'm interested. Why did you put me immediately on a wait list? I was one of the first people to sign up. So Meetup keeps shooting itself in the foot because they don't give the tools to the event organizers. They're not responsive to the event organizers. 
And the event, the event organizers are the people that make meetup work. Not the people that sign up and then don't show up. Not the people that say, I'm interested in this webinar, but never log in. Those are not the people that make meetup great. It's the organizers like myself, who for the last seven years have been taking the time and making the effort and <clears throat> doing everything that they can possibly do to get people involved and to get people interacting. And so that that's that's what I have to say. You have any comments on that? Well, I don't really know. I, you know, the meetup group that I had, I don't really know that I thought about meetup and said they gave you many tools at all. I mean, you pretty much had to do everything yeah. on your own. Well, yeah, I mean, they give you the ability to send emails, but what they really need to do is to give everybody that version that they wanted to charge an outrageous amount for, which was the Meetup Pro, okay, which was kind of a half-baked um, advanced version of Meetup that you had to pay extra for. They should have just given that to everybody. Meetup for organizers needs to be like a customer relation management tool, a CRM. You need to know if people are opening the email. You need to know uh, more about the people that are in your group. You need things to work properly because they don't. There's a lot of wonky, ridiculous things in Meetup that just don't work properly, that are half-baked, uh, just, just don't work right. Those things need to be fixed or eliminated. And Meetup needs an upgrade. Meetup has been stumbling and bumbling along. Uh, and I can understand why, because we we work didn't really have the motivation to do it, didn't want to put any money into it, um, thought it was going to be an advertising platform for them. And to some degree it was, but then they, like I said, they kind of crashed and burned and are probably still smoldering uh, somewhere in a dumpster. I don't know what we work is doing, but um, this new guy seems uh, that's in charge seems to be uh, pretty knowledgeable, but they, they need to make sh this stuff work. They, who wants to use an app, an application that where the desktop part of it functions differently than the Android or the Apple app? It doesn't do certain things that it's supposed to do, but especially is um, wonky and difficult for event organizers, event organizers are the ones that are paying, not not, not the people that are are using uh, the Meetup uh, platform. It's the it's the event organizers. So um, I don't know. I, I don't think we need to go too much more into that. I have another well, thing well, written down. Yeah, and I think if uh, the people that run the <clears throat> ran WeWork, I mean, they were just greedy in their bad management. I mean, they, they tried to grow too quickly. They tried to expand. Let's just try to build as much real estate as quickly as possible and then hope to pay our debt service and make money. I mean, if, if, that, well, if, if that bad decision didn't get them, what was it, five months later, the pandemic got them? Like it was- Well, yeah, they, 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 they had the triple whammy. They, but here's the thing. They had, a, they had a hedge fund behind them, which is Mayoshi-san, and uh, SoftBank that put billions and billions and billions into them, you know, thinking that they're going to change the world, recreate the whole concept of office space. And, uh, you know, it just, they just got hit by the triple whammy. You know, their, their, their backers didn't want to put any more money into them. 
the 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 guy that was running it was basically a loose cannon, uh, trying to line his own pockets. Uh, then the pandemic, it couldn't have got much worse for them, really. I, I just don't think it could have got much. I think they were heading for a for an IPO, uh, and then and then everything when they had to do their display display their due diligence, everybody went like, oh wait a minute, this is. This so-called uh, company that has this beautiful outside varnish is basically a bunch of crap on the inside. And they had to show that to do their IPO and then it all collapsed like a Jenga blocks. But anyway, um, here's the next thing I thought was interesting. Uh, somebody decided to have a Trump protest rally at Twitter headquarters. And one person showed up. I was <laughs> one say, person. I was going to say in that part of the country, I can't even imagine that, that it would be easy to recruit people who share their worldview, you know? Right. What, where, where, what is that? Palo Alto or something? Yeah, like it's the most expensive, one of the most expensive zip codes in the country. I think the only place <laughs> that has more Democrats per capita is Washington, D.C. It's like, let's, hey, I, hey, guys. I want to, and I'm being totally facetious here. I want to get, I want to protest Twitter. Okay, well, where are you going to do it? In the middle of Silicon Valley. <laughs> okay, how many people do you have coming? Well, my buddy's coming with me. <laughs> Nobody. One guy showed up. He oh. was probably the organizer. And yeah. well, we don't have anybody yet, <clears throat> but I'm sure there's tons of people out here around where Twitter is. Yeah that wants to protest Twitter who are all Republicans. Yeah. Good job. If he, wanted Good people job. To sh if he wanted people to show up, he should have sent some Greyhound bus type buses to uh, South Dakota and people would have gotten on the bus and driven out to Palo Alto for his uh, protest. So, um, but yeah, that was, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, no, that's terrible. Nice job guy. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fail, but he did get some publicity uh, as, which is, I can say the same for the guy that had the horns and the fur uh, that is a so-called, uh, now he's, I guess he's going to be end up being a celebrity, but he was a part of uh, QAnon and was leading the march, uh, so-called march slash, um, what do you call it, protest slash riot in Washington, D.C., where people got killed. And it's sad. It's really sad. The whole, and it, you know, they've done the worst. They've done more damage to their cause than they possibly could have even dreamt about by yeah, doing 100%. what they did. If they had just done a mar an MLK type of thing and just sat there quietly, nonviolently, not trying to breach the gates to the friggin' White House, okay. Um, they probably would have done themselves more good. But Trump was egging them on saying, yeah, you guys go do this. And now well, and you can't you can't underlie the fact that Antifa was there. <laughs> I looked at some <laughs> of the videos. They were the ones the first. No, they were the first ones ripping down the gates. So right. you can't always know much about that. But I will tell you this. I agree that they did more harm to their cause than good. A bunch of dumb people that were probably starstruck that they could go into the Capitol because they'd never been there before. It was like being first in line at Disneyland. I mean, a bunch mm -hmm. of morons. 
But going back to your guy in Silicon Valley, I do have to say, if he if he wants to do something and become famous, mm. he needs to call up the Guinness Book of World Records and tell them that he has the smallest protest in world in world history. He has one person because you can't go less if you don't have one. You have zero, and that's not a protest. Yes. Yeah. So right. he, I think he should go over there and and tell them that he has a world record. Well, I think I think the fact that he got any kind of uh, publicity uh, and that this actually made the news media was. I don't understand why these people don't take advantage of the fact that they're that they're going to be on Yahoo and they're going to be in the news um, to, I don't know, promote promote some promote their website or something. Uh, take advantage of the publicity, you know. Well, the good news is whoever he is is so incompetent at what he does that you don't really have to worry about him running for office anymore. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, well, here's the interesting part of it to me. What I find interesting is if you're uh, famous or you have something to say and people want to hear what it is, um, what it is that you have to say, and you get banned from social media, even private type social media like Parlay or Parler or whatever they want to call it, you get banned. The game game over. It's game over. You're not. Nobody's going to care or hear what you about what you have to say. You're going to become irrelevant, and that's what Trump is going to become. He's going to become just another citizen that looks like a manatee. That. A few crazies and conspiracy theory nuts and uh, died in the wool uh, 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 fanatics of QAnon or whatever who think he's great are going to pay attention to and nobody else is going to pay attention to him. He's going to become irrelevant. Now, I will say I'll agree. I'll go back to your manatee thing. I do think the manatee physical description does match. I think we need to really <laughs> think we need to really push that. Right. But um they need a mask. As somebody, as somebody who is a it psychology expert, yeah, you do know about the Streisand effect, right? Uh, you marry a guy you pretend to be in love with that has no. So Barbara Streisand, she has a house <laughs> in Mal on Malibu. And yeah, you, yeah, have, yeah. Well, been in Malibu. Sure. You know that every so often you have to have easements to the beach. Well, she yeah. shut down her easement, right? She just uh, fenced it off so nobody could go through. Wow. Well, it turns out that it made the press. And mm -hmm. once everybody found out about just that it was in there, everybody flocked down there and she had yep. more people walking down her path than she'd ever had before. And so the Streisand effect says when you try to ban something, mm. you end up creating much more demand for it. Well, so, that has been, you know, I mean, that's it's, how it's, a variety so what, of rock stars became famous is because well, it's two live crew you remember two yeah. live crew sure they were a, they were an okay band they were okay mm -hmm. i mean they were big for miami but they weren't mm -hmm. really big but then as soon as they got banned mm -hmm. they went double triple quadruple platinum and the thing that you're going to find is that americans tend to root for underdogs and you're going to find the more you it's like obi-wan kenobi in star wars Mm. He says, you can, if you strike me down, I'll become stronger than you could ever would have imagined. And the oh, thing man. is, Trump's not going to become irrelevant. The more, the more you sit here and go after him and the more you go after his protesters, the more you're going to galvanize his support. The Streisand effect is going to take effect. It's well, been the case in every person that's ever done it. If you try to mm -hmm. ban somebody, people don't like that type of injustice and they basically 
they line up with them to support them for that. Now, the, the thing they should have done if they're smart is they should have just ignored him. I mean, not even had him in the news. If you want to yeah. put an embargo on Trump stories for the last two weeks, let him well, die down. Well, let's not go too far. I mean, they still need to sell advertising. So they still need well, Trump. But they're going to have to, and maybe that's their, maybe that's their plan for after he's gone because they're going to have to deal with that either way. But if for two weeks, you if you said, okay, we want to make him irrelevant, fine, then don't cover him. Yeah. But when you put him on, but when you put a story about banning him as a headline for every news story, you just made him stronger. Well, look. Yeah, and I'm not saying whether I support him or not. I'm saying it's it's a really stupid it's a really stupid um, idea. It's like in 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 sports when you're beating a team really badly, the one thing you don't do is you don't taunt them because Mm -hmm. they'll come out and now you poke the bear and now they're going to come out really motivated. So once you're beating a team, you make the tackle, you walk off the field, you don't talk to them. But you don't poke the bear, and right now they're poking the bear, and I think it's going to come I, back I don't to haunt know if them. They're really poking the bear. They're eighty. I there's think eighty once million. Once he gets out of office, he is going to either be a talk show host, or he's going to have a, a show on cable called "I Am Still the President," where <laughs> he has happen. some that of the people happen. that he's pardoned, and some of the people that used to work for him, and some of the people he used to help get money into their pockets. They're all going to be part of the show. And they're going to be, it's going to be like Veep only, or or what's that other show with the, uh, I never saw were, the White House. They, they were the president in the White House. Is that the West Wing? West Wing. Okay. This is going to be the West Wing nut. Okay. Um, so they're going to, they're going to, he's going to have a show. He's got to have a that show. That would be a great name, by the way. West Wing nut? West Wing. Well, you know, he wouldn't like that. He, no, but it doesn't it doesn't mean that it's his show. But I would yeah. say if you wanted to make a story about about well, Trump or whatever, that would be a that'd be a great name. I would I you know, if he's willing to pay me, I would love to be a consultant on this project. But let me just say this instead of instead of it being called the apprentice, okay, it'll be called the president. And he will pretend to be the president, just like he has been for the last four years, pretending to be the president. And he'll have his cast of characters and he will pretend that he is still the president and he will still do his executive orders and he will still do his, he can't do his tweets for yet, but he'll set up some kind of website or some kind of social media platform of some kind. And he will continue to pretend that he is the president. And the people that always pretended like he was the president will continue to follow him and he'll sell ties and he'll sell stakes and he might start his university up again, but I doubt it. Um, And the whole point will be for him to raise enough money that he can fight the lawsuits that are coming at him. Deutsche Bank has already said, we don't want anything to do with you anymore. You owe us $340 million, Uh, please pay us. uh, we're not loaning you any more money. He's going to be persona non grata, in my opinion, except for his crazy, dedicated followers who believe in UFOs and 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 and, and, and have been kidnapped by aliens and anal probed and all the things that have happened. Those people will still follow him, and it's enough. It's enough to get advertisers. 
and it's enough to pay for a show. And that's what I think he's going to do. Mark my right. words. So I actually really like here, some. Folks. I actually like some of what you said. So I think somebody who has a history, and we're talking about going back to the '80s, mind you, not just recently, uh-huh. yeah. of being front and center in the news on camera. You can't take somebody and just have them give that level of press and then just think they're going to go away and just be some guy who's going to be golfing all the time. No, I think you're right. I think there's going to be a show. It could be, it could be the precedent with a C, right? <laughs> I mean, he's not going to have a show called West Wing Nuts, but if one of his, if one, if you wanted to make a, uh, uh, if you wanted to do a show like Space Force, but about the West Wing, yeah, um, you could do that. I think the West Wing Nuts is a great name. Um, but I'm telling you, you got 80 million people that voted for the guy. If you, you know, there's not 80 million people who are crazy. That's 40 percent of the country yeah. voted for the guy. So yeah. I think those people. You know, I was telling my wife, I was like, in 2016, I was like, I know this group. I grew up with them. I knew, I know the people that vote for him. I have clients um, that have voted for him. Yeah. And in California, it's harder to find, but I know people in the Midwest and I, and there's like the, the rule, you know, in where I grew up was if there's, if there's a Biden flag in your yard, you're voting for Biden. If there's a Trump flag voting or a Trump flag in your yard, you're voting for Trump. If there's no mm. flag in your yard, you're voting for Trump. Like oh. that's. That's oh. kind of how things happen. It's very different than it is here. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you right now, in 2016, Trump was, we were talking about this the other day. Trump was kind of the way that I looked at it. He was a, and, and, I, and I stole this from Colin Coward, who's like a sports commentator. Uh, the day after the 2016 election, he said, Trump is a giant Molotov cocktail <laughs> thrown at the establishment. <laughs> and well, that's how, and, and people that voted for him, there's some people that held their nose. Some people didn't know any better. Some people love the fact that he finally was backing kind of their worldview. It could be I any number of things. the psychology but, behind But in it, 2020, that wasn't the case anymore. After no. four years, he was a proven commodity. And that's why he got more votes is because people were not voting against his opponent because they hated Hillary Clinton. I mean, she was not a likable oh. person at all. Um, but yeah. she, but Even they though were she voting. got 3 million more votes than him. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's like a football game. It's like, yeah, I won the game because I got more well, yards. Only, you know, you but gotta, he only you gotta... won the electoral college by three states and 10,000 votes. Three, 10,000 votes in three states. Biden won the elect, Biden won the electoral college by 42,000 votes this year. Really? Yes. If 42,000 votes changed, he would have lost. 42,000 critical votes had well, critical. Changed. Yeah, obviously yeah. they're critical, I mean, decisive votes. Voting for, for sure. Trump in California is like, what would, why would you want to, why would you even want to take the time to do that? Why would you yeah. waste your time? No, it's a fool's errand. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? But I think, I think you're going to see him, whether he starts, I mean, he's a stubborn dude. That's the other thing is I know people like him as well. He's a stubborn dude. Like, yeah. you know, if you leave him alone, he has no motivation to do it. But once you stick your finger in his chest, mm. he will die hunting you down. Well, and so I think old. that, I think when you ban him from Twitter, <laughs> You're going to see, well, he has a whole family. He has new generations to do this and his kids are no different. They don't, I think all they care about is this, my friend, the, probably. the, 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 the coin of the realm. Okay. The, 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 the infinity, the infinity the sh- stones, <laughs> the, 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 the shekels, the De Niro, not De Niro, De Niro. Not, De Niro not Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro <laughs> yeah. hates Trump's guts. Okay. Don't not piss off Bob. Okay. Bobby, 
do not piss that man off. But anyway, See, okay, let's let's. I just got to touch on Robert De Niro. People always okay. say he's a great actor, but whenever you meet him in person, he always sounds like either the guy from Goodfellas or the guy from Silver Linings Playbook. He like literally. He, he just really That's act. who he is. That's but I'm saying, but is. like people say Robert De Niro is this great actor. It's like, no, he just happens to have, it's like Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken isn't a great actor, but he always talks like <laughs> this. And he's insane. Let's face well, it. He's on yeah. some kind of level of insanity <laughs> in a good way that nobody has ever been able no. to figure out. Yeah, he's like an alien living on Saturn that happens to have a little <laughs> transponder on this person on Earth's ear, and he just speaks through them. I've heard stories about him uh, that other people have. Uh, have uh, I've heard stories about him from some stand-up comics that actually were on a movie set with him, and he said they said the weirdest things to him, and he responded. He's like Jack Nicholson. You never know what he's going to say. That's another know? guy. Yeah, that's another guy who you, you say is a great actor, but he's the same he guy. He is. Five, uh, five easy pieces. Come on, man. That The guy is... I'll, a... I'll get, but this is the thing, is I'll give him <laughs> one floor of the cuckoo's nest because he was really good in that. But he's Which, the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Ken Kesey hated that movie, was going to sue the studios, and hated Jack Nicholson in that movie. And he wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He was also Oh, that's the right. Guy he wrote it. I forgot that name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. He wrote it. Ken Kesey. He also did the uh, electric Kool-Aid acid test. He also took that bus across country with the hippie, hippie, his hippie friends and stuff. But listen, he did a lot of acid. And he wrote the first four pages of that high on peyote. So he should know what, what but he would, uh, writers are never happy with the movie version because- the movie version and the book are two different mediums and they're directed to two different kinds of audiences in two different kinds of ways. And he was upset because the whole book was told from the, was told from the perspective of the Indian, okay? And then the movie was all told from the perspective of, uh, of Jack Nicholson, you know, which yeah, was not was it Randy the main McCor What's his name? Randy McSomething, I don't rather. remember, but anyway. So, um, yeah, so let's just face it. The world, the world is wacky and the world is, you never know what's going to happen when you wake up in the morning. I mean, this is nutty. This is, the world has gone to, to nutty town. And it's, I, it's unbelievable. I still maintain that, and, and it goes back to Back to the Future, right? I still maintain that somewhere along the line, <laughs> Biff Tanner got a hold of Marty McFly's sports almanac and change the world now i say this as i, I like being unbiased because i get to i get to i get to fire shots at everybody right mm, i don't like yeah. I, I have i double my targets right it's free range i still think <laughs> i still think that it started somebody stole the sports book about an hour before trump went down that escalator mm. because if you remember mm. before the escalator everything was kind of normal and predictable and you yeah. know whatever and then once he went down the escalator think about that <clears throat> the minute that happened Everything started, whether you like Trump or not, everything just started to be different. So yeah. I think there's a DeLorean sitting in in the garbage bin of Trump Tower <laughs> at the front door. <laughs> and maybe they tried to give him the, the sports book, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like Big Biff, Old Biff tried to give yeah. Young Biff the sports book. Right. And he wouldn't take it. So maybe somebody went to Trump Tower and said, hey, Donald. And he goes, the Donald, not Donald, 
I'm the Donald. Here's a sports book and it'll tell you the future of everything. He goes, I don't want it. And the guy stormed out of Trump Tower all pissed off. And then he went in, gave him the sports book and he finally took it. And all of a sudden Donald Trump goes, oh my gosh, I'm going to be president. Maybe it was a fake sports book. You know what I mean? Maybe it was a fake. And he goes, I'm going to be president. And so he went down maybe and he went well fake, nobody fake, would fake. have said nobody would have predicted it right <laughs> and he went down the escalator and it, and he made it come true and and mm-hmm. that di- you know that new back to the future two reality that is it that's the way the universe works and and there you know there's multiple verses the multiverse and there's multiple realities and another reality hillary won and the world is going down that path in this re- in the reality you and i happen to be in uh, it's a very Trump tough, one. very tough reality. Yeah, it's tough. Let me mention one more thing. Um, again, I'm going to find some way to tie all this into being an entrepreneur. Uh, but um, let me just say this: talking, uh, talk about stable and 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 normal. Canada, Canada has a curfew right now, and you can really yes, you ha- you cannot leave the house between 8 p.m. and 5 a.m. or you're in big trouble, they will write you a ticket. But under one condition, you can leave the house to walk your dog. So a couple of days ago, this woman is walking with her significant other, I guess you could say, this other, this guy, and she has a leash and she has the collar around his neck. And the Canadian Mounted Police, who or whoever enforces this curfew, says to her, what are you doing? She says, I'm walking my dog. He said, no, that's not your dog. And he writes both of them a ticket for $1,500 each for breaking curfew. And she's claiming that she's allowed to be out walking about uh, within a mile of her home because she is walking her dog, but it wasn't her dog. It was her boyfriend. Our boyfriend's 40 years old and she's 24. So what do you think about this, Matt? First of all, should she be allowed to walk her significant other instead of a dog? Should she have been fined 1500 US dollars each uh, for, for breaking curfew? And why, why is Canada doing this? I don't know. Would you have any comments on that? All right. So yeah, I have I have actually have some yeah three comments that jump out to mind. <laughs> Number one, I thought Dudley Do Right was dead, mm. but apparently Dudley Do Right is still alive and kicking. He's just and like is he hanging. doing right? Well, or is he doing maybe, wrong? Well, maybe he's Dudley Do Wrong. Maybe that's his twin <laughs> brother. But I did, I thought he was hanging out with his favorite moose and squirrel, but apparently yeah. not. Apparently mm. he's writing tickets. Right. He, he likes moose and squirrel, but he doesn't like dogs. Mm. So yeah, I didn't really forget about the COVID. Does anybody ever leave their house after eight o'clock in Canada? That's right. <laughs> like, Number one, it's freezing cold. Right. Why you would you die. want to? You could why, literally die. You could. Why would you want to? Yeah. And the question is when he gave him the ticket, did he just drop the ticket in the frozen carcass that's laying in the snow? <laughs> and that's how people to, found he out. He pinned the ticket to the frozen carcass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I just didn't know there was really anything to do in Canada after, I don't know, September. Um, so anyway, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but then the other thing is, I just think, again, I'm, I'm a student of psychology. You're the teacher in psychology, right? I like to be I the student. Okay. 
I like to I like to consider myself a student of psychology. So my thing is this: is I believe jealousy is an incredibly strong motivating factor, and I just think the I, I just think that the the what do you want to call it? It's not a coincidence that the that the the last two weeks that Trump is leaving office, and you see this giant vacancy for press, that a country like Canada, aka America's hat, aka the country that was founded by the people who supported, who were loyalists, who supported King George, and then they lost the revolution and moved up to Canada to get away from the colonists. Yeah, yeah. That they're immediately figuring, we need to get some press, and we're finally going to get some press now that Trump is not going to be president anymore. So I have a feeling that it was kind of a false flag. That right. somebody said they brought, the po- they brought the press with them and said, hey, check this out. We're going to ticket the dog walkers and we want you to make this go viral because we need the press. Right. Right. But I agree with you. I don't know how you like it. It shouldn't be like if they had a rule about not going out after eight o'clock, it should not have started with COVID. It should have been like started with the end of the ice age. Like it should have been (laughs) something where it's like, look, you're going to like you said, you're going to die. Yeah. So I can either, if you survive, you'll get a ticket. And if you don't survive, well, you'll still get the ticket pinned to your, your jacket. Yeah. Which your, your estate will need to pay the ticket. And Um, I find it funny that the question is, are they paying in Bitcoin? Are they paying in dollars? Are they paying with, ironically, you get a loony law. Are they paying with (laughs) the loony? (laughs) Well, okay. Maybe, and maybe the fine is two loonies, which would be a great total for what they did. Absolutely. So uh, again, I, I've got to I've got to preface any of these 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 articles on Yahoo with uh, Yahoo really. Uh, and first of all, uh, you don't know anything is real anymore. Okay, nothing is real, and unless it happens to you personally within three feet of you, uh, and you're wide awake and you've had a cup of coffee already and you're fully aware situationally of what's going on around you. You're not on drugs or you're not crazy. Um, or even if you are, maybe maybe it's real, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I'm a Buddhist, so you know where I come from on that. But anyway, um, speaking of Bitcoin, now I have a friend in Idaho who bought $90,000 worth of Bitcoin at a little bit around 10000 a coin. And he was so happy that it was at 40000 and uh, he made four, he told me it was 4.5 times a, a return for him. And he was getting ready. He was just looking forward to it to go into 120 or somewhere around 100,000 a coin. And now that the major institutional investors and hedge funds have jumped in, it's sinking like a rock. Um, Is it's it? still at 35. It's at 35, but it's gone fine. It's gone down 5,000 in the last couple of days and people are starting to wring their hands. And I, I think the whole thing is being manipulated by it, it, when, when major hedge funds jump in and major banks jump in and, and, uh, and so forth and so on, uh, you gotta really be careful that, you know, unless you got in at $1,000 a coin or maybe even 5,000 a coin, you, you gotta be prepared for this kind of nonsense, really. I, I, 
he was so pleased with himself because he's never made a good investment in his life. Oh, no, um, that's that's your that's your that's your harbinger. Yeah. So I used to joke with him. Uh, Tell me what you're going to invest in so that I can make sure I don't. Um, and that's been our joke. Of course, I did help him to sell his his dot com so that he could retire. But um, but uh, that was just, in my opinion, a fluke, really a fluke. I don't know why anybody wanted his domain name and was willing to pay him half a million dollars for it. But that's another story. Um, so what do you think? What do you what do you think is good? This is your wheelhouse. I am out of the market. I am I, I'm out of real estate. I am just coasting along with cash and waiting. Well, let's just say I sleep well at night. Okay. Unless I know Larry, the cable guy is visiting me the next day. I sleep pretty well at night. And so you are an active investor and you even give people suggestions. I wouldn't call it advice, but you give them suggestions on, on things that they could do in the market. What do you, what the hell is, is going on? You think the market is going to continue this raging bull uh, uh, situation nonsense um, or, or, and Bitcoin too, or is this time for the comeuppance? Is it time for a correction? Um, I would say both sort of. So I would say number one, (laughs) The, um, the come up, the commandments is going to come. It's just not coming up yet. Okay. Mm. Like every, you know, you have to build to a point where it's like surfing. You see the wave going up mm. and the wave doesn't crash until there's not enough water underneath it to support it. <gasps> okay. And so right now, real estate's kind of, it's the way real estate is. I mean, COVID hit everybody who's in the service sector. They're not home buyers. And the there's- people who are... There's a cat's tail that is appearing yeah. in the background. Yeah, I just want to right make here. sure that we're on the same planet here. Yes, it was. There's no. That's a Cheshire pay- cat. It's a tabby. But whatever, it's disappearing and know. appearing Maybe it's again. It's the same thing. Yes. Um, but I'm anyway, sorry. It, it's uh, so. But you look at like you know, I, I kind of I saw this at nine eleven. So everybody was in the stock market from in the late nineties. Sure. And then when nine eleven hit, they crashed all the the. Um, pardon the pun, but they crashed all the interest rates down to zero. Mm. And there's no reason to invest in treasuries or in your, in your bank account because you weren't earning any money. Right. And then you had the crash of 9-11. So the market was down. So everybody put their money in real estate. And that's kind of why you saw the real estate market go up for probably the next five to six years. And then uh, and it was really the only game in town for the most part. And the real estate prices weren't really super high. Right mm-hmm. now, COVID only hit the service sector, but people who are, you know, if you're making over $100,000, 80% of those people have made more money in 2020 than they made in 2019. Mm-hmm. And so real estate, um, people, who are, people who are owning real estate, there's no deals to be made in the market. It's, you know, it's interesting. I always look at the, the real estate in PB, which I lived a lot of time. I lived in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And you know how many properties are for sale in PB right now? It's like I would a handful. Say inv- inventory is low. Yeah, it's super low. And so <laughs> there's no reason for people to sell and they don't need to sell. The people that own mm-hmm. a house generally are in a good position. Um, so that's kind of, you know, that's one game in town. The stock a market. Lot of people other- in, a lot of people, I'm sure, have refinanced. They've oh, done the I'm refi. Sure. Right? I'm in a refi. If you had a place in PB that was worth a million to two million. And you were paying four and a half percent. You refied. Come on. 
For sure. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. I'm in a refi right now. For two, We're going to drop it from four to two. There you go. Smart. So, But anyway, so a lot of the money, it's interesting. What's kept the market up a lot in this past year has been the retail investor, the Robin Hood investor, particularly. Mm-hmm. It's people mm-hmm. who, um, you know, they, they, I, they've seen enough, you know, collapses of the stock market to, to see the trend. And, and there's a lot of money going in that aren't the traditional Morgan Stanley, JP more or JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, um, you know, all the big investment sure. houses. Sure. But then Bitcoin is, it appeals to people who are kind of the millennial Gen Z type group. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's gone up and gone down. And so with Bitcoin, I think there's, it's going to go way higher. And I think the big part of it was the whole institutional investor. And it didn't drop because it didn't drop because the institutional investors got in quite the opposite. It dropped because I think people I'm looking at their chart right now. I didn't, I wasn't following Bitcoin the last week or two, but I see that it went from 40, 41,000 down to 34, eight right now. Yeah. And I think there's some profit taking going on. Anytime you get a big high, there's always a bunch of people that are going to sell it, take their money and run. Well, so look, if you had a, if you, if you had 500 million to a billion dollars and you, and you're one of these big hedge funds. Okay. And you put it into Bitcoin when it was, uh, let's say at, uh, it was at five grand in March. Right. But let's say you put it in when it was 10 or 15 and it goes to 40. Why not, you know, uh, why not sell? Why not sell and wait for it and then re- buy it back again when it goes down and then do keep doing that? That's why these guys are so rich and they all drive Ferraris, man. Well, and I think it depends on who you're listening to. So mm-hmm. if it's your if it's ha- if it's money where you want to get the return on the money and reinvest it, I think you're right. OK, this cat is literally trying to get it. I'm going to throw him <laughs> over the counter. There we go. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you threw him into the. Oh, in the manatee. That's a long manatee. drop behind you there. Yep. <laughs> I threw him off the copter. So Pete is going to be gonna after if, our podcast now. Yeah, we're going to see if he lands on his feet. Um, <laughs> but and then there's the people that are just playing with house money. They're like, all right, I'm yeah. just going to throw you know ten million dollars at it, and we're just going to let it ride. And 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 they have advisors and analysts that are saying it could go as high as a hundred or two hundred thousand. Like, all right, yeah. well, I'm not doing anything with the money. I'll just we'll see if it does. Um, but the thing about Bitcoin that's interesting is one, it goes back to its utility. You look at any any um, commodity and you want to look at its utility. So Bitcoin has two things that are going for it that nothing else that I know of um, have these traits. Number one, there is a finite number of Bitcoin. Yes. So there's 21. They're mining Bitcoin. it like crazy. They're they're, they're literally using uh, more energy than generated by the Hoover Dam uh, in Iceland. Uh, to because they get cheap energy in Iceland and it's cold, so they don't need to worry about air conditioning their servers. And uh, and, t- and Tesla, Tesla like has a su- Tesla has, I think, what they said was the second fastest computer in the world, it's called Dojo, which I love that mm. name. And I can't imagine that Elon Musk of all people isn't mining Bitcoin out of his Dojo. I mean, it just you can't. You're, you're not going to convince me that's not the case. Mm. But there's a finite number. And we live in an inflationary market where everything's always getting deflated and inflated. Well, here's something that doesn't operate that way. And Mm -hmm. as more people invest in it, I mean, literally every single person that invests in it more than there was yesterday will increase the price. 
So it's yeah. going up. It's going up and up and up and up. And if you're not getting, if you're not in Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash, you better get into it. I mean, I'm not telling you to get into Ripple or Ethereum because I don't know as much about them. Mm-hmm. I know an, a decent amount about Ripple, but they're very different than Bitcoin. But mm-hmm. secondarily, um, when the institutional investors get in, that's mm-hmm. when the money gets there. And once, let's say you have three institutional investors, and it's four, then it's five, then it's Deutsche Bank, then it's UBS. Um, it's going to be crazy. And, but the, the second part of it, the utility on it is it's anonymity. Yes. You know, you can literally take it across the world and there's no borders. Mm-hmm. You know, you get on an airplane and you leave, the, you come into the U S they ask you if you're transporting more than $10,000 in cash. Mm-hmm. Well, I can hold a Bitcoin um, uh, QR code in my luggage or on my phone and that's my wallet and I can take it in there and it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's borderless. It's, and it's anonymous True. if you know how to do it right. True. And so I think Bitcoin is going to continue to go up and up and up. And you're going to look back on a day where they said, yeah, Bitcoin was only $5,000. And it's going to, it's going to be like when they said milk was like a nickel, a bottle. <laughs> and that was when milk was in bottles. We don't have milk in bottles anymore for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it's absolutely going to go up. But the thing you got to look at is Bitcoin is extremely volatile. Like it'll yes. go way up and it'll go yeah. way down. So for me, I don't like buying at the top of the market. I'd, I'd say if it went down to $20,000 of Bitcoin, I'd probably buy it again. I'd probably buy it again. If it went down to fifteen, dollars mm-hmm. I'd, I'd surely buy it. If it went down to ten, dollars I'd throw a lot of money at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it very well could go down to ten. There's no reason why it can't. Mm-hmm. You know, Bitcoin is weird. Bitcoin's a place people invest. It's almost like what the heck money, right? If, but there, if there's a better opportunity for that money, I think people are going to take it out of Bitcoin unless it's their, you know, house money, money. Um, But if all of a sudden the real estate market collapses and it goes down, I think you're going to see Bitcoin crash because people are going to take their money out of Bitcoin and start buying real estate. Okay. Fair enough. All right. It's just a crapshoot, in my opinion. It, and well, like I said, and it's it, we've it, never had a Bitcoin before. So there's no pattern for it. Like right. there's nothing we can look at in history where we said, where it's a commodity that there is a fixed amount of that, you know, that you would invest in. And, it, and of all things, it's not even physical. It's a cryptocurrency. Like, right. You're literally trying to predict the future. Like, okay, who's going to win? the major league baseball world series where you can put a bet on it. It's like playing roulette where, you know, where is it going to land? You can bet on Mm -hmm. black, you can bet on red, you can bet on a number. Mm -hmm. um, And you may be right and you may be wrong, but it's not going Mm -hmm. anywhere. And the reason is the blockchain technology is what everybody's after. Right. And once you start implementing blockchain within your business, then Bitcoin becomes an integral payment processor. Ah, okay. The I thing wasn't they have aware to, of that. Yeah. And the thing about Bitcoin is it takes about two to three days for it to settle. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the big drawback of Bitcoin right now. So if you bought Bitcoin today, it wouldn't officially, transaction wouldn't settle for, until Friday, mm-hmm. which is three days from when the day we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Now, if they can get to a point where it can settle instantaneously, I think you're going to see the value of Bitcoin go up because people are going to use it more as a payment model. Right. And PayPal was, is accepting it now. Yeah, a lot of them. Um, One of the guys was selling his bit. There was some business. I forget what it was. I saw it on the news yesterday, like a really big business. And the guy was selling it and he would only entertain offers for Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, 
So okay, I mean, I, like I we'll said, uh, you know, I've thought about doing it, but since it's not something that I'm really familiar with, I'm hesitant. That's a psychological don't a, thing. Don't buy, don't buy it high. Don't buy I don't it high. That, I would, ne- I, I would I'm never not buying buy it for it right three now. reasons. Three reasons. Number one, it's not something that I'm very familiar with, so I don't want somebody to eat my lunch or make a Smart mistake. Move. Number two, it's in my opinion, it's too high to jump in at this point. And number three, I'd like to sleep at night. And I don't want to wake up every morning looking at whether Bitcoin, being happy because Bitcoin went up or being sad because Bitcoin went down. And um, I'm not a gambler like that. It's not my personality. It's not like how I like to do things. And so I'm just, I'm out of it. I I mean, I'm, I'm not even in the stock market, for God's sake. So um, well, and I think, you know, the, I had a guy who was helping me early on trying to identify the best businesses, the best type of business to start. Mm-hmm. And we took a Colby, um, uh, Colby test mm-hmm. and it was designed to see kind of what you had an affinity for, what your strengths were, what your weaknesses were. And I think what you just said is really wise. If you, if it's not your thing, you don't like going, oh my gosh, Bitcoin's up. This is great. I'm having a great day. Bitcoin's yeah. down. I'm not getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. Well, then it's definitely not the right thing to do. Right. And one of the things, and I'll put this is this will be for our video podcast people, but I'm just going to share um, with you just the screen for Bitcoin over the last five years. Right. Look at this from a trend standpoint. It went up to mm-hmm. twenty thousand right here back mm-hmm. in two thousand December of two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. It went down, meandered a little bit, and then it went up right here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about okay, what's the next thing with to do? It's flat spikes goes down, um, meanders, and then mm-hmm. spikes even more, the next step in that Fibonacci sequence is for it to go down again pretty dramatically. Right. Now, it, it may not. It may continue to go up. But at some point, there will be a point where it spikes down. It may be now. It may be six months from now. maybe two years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will happen just based on the way, you know, kind of mathematical trending works. Right. Uh, that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a good graph of the uh, past five years. And uh, yeah. uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, yeah, like I said, I, would, I don't I have a dog, I don't have I a dog in this hunt. I don't have a dog in this hunt. So, um, yeah, you know, I, whether it goes up or down is irrelevant to me. So it's more irrelevant to me than what my ex-girlfriend is doing right now. It's it's That's pretty irrelevant. It is. It is very irrelevant to me. But and and I'm not somebody who suffers from FOMO. You know, fear of missing good. out. So um, I'm just well. And know, I think for those people who are listening, I think it's an important lesson. It's like just mm-hmm. because somebody's investing in Bitcoin doesn't mean you should. And right. even if the Bitcoin goes through the roof, and let's say it goes to two hundred thousand, <laughs> if if it's the question is, are you the type of person that you feel comfortable investing in that type of investment? Right. And if the answer is no, then whatever the, whatever the performance is doesn't matter. Right. So, right. you know, like if, if, you know, some people are, are professional poker players and they'll go to, they'll go to Vegas and they'll make yes. millions and millions of dollars playing poker. Does that mean that you should cash out your life savings, go to the high roller table and start playing poker because they made a lot of money? No. Mm-hmm. No, of course not. It's not no. your thing. And so I think they will eat Al, your lunch. They will to give you a lunch. ton of credit, you that is one of the most mature points of view I've ever heard. And I think it's an incredibly <sighs> wise point of view. You know, yeah. you gotta know, you gotta know the battles that you wanna fight. 
And if you're not wanting to fight it, like outside of this COVID year, I want nothing to do with the stock market at all, period. Mm. I mean, once I cash out after COVID, I'm done. Really? I'm okay. completely done until, well, until the next cratering of the economy. But like, I'm not going to do it. Like, mm. I, I'm just not. I worked, as a, I worked as a restricted access personnel for a Fortune 500 company. I was one of like eight people in the company who was not allowed to trade our stock with the exception of eight days a year. Hmm. And I, because they figured I had all this in, I had a ton of inside information and I'm like sitting here thinking, I can't tell. I mean, I know a lot of information, but yeah. it's not like I have this big bombshell where I'm going, Oh yes. The can't magic formula. To, the as magic, soon as I the key. give me my, give me my two days a quarter and I'm going to go <laughs> in and I'm going to rake this market to like a coal. I'm like, going to no, kill it. I didn't know that much anyway. And I was like, the insider, you know, with mm -hmm. bun ears, quote unquote. Right. Like, so right. if I'm, what am I going to do? I'm going to figure out like how to make money on a bunch of corporations who releasing um, a press release about something for the market, like a securities release is like pulling teeth for these people. They don't mm -hmm. ever want to do it unless it's really, really good news. Mm -hmm. um, and so if, if I can't do it in my own company, I'm not going to sit here and play the roulette wheel with these right. other companies. Right. And so, that's what people should understand. They, unless they're in it for, uh, unless they can look at the stats and be knowledgeable and they've got really good advice and they're in it for the long term. And by long term, I mean at least 10 years. Okay. Right. They should understand that they are gambling. And it, I don't care if it's Bitcoin or, or uh, Fortune 500 uh, corporations or, or, the blue chip stocks, they are still gambling. Yep. Now, is it a good gamble or a bad gamble? I cannot say. That is up to them. You and know? it's interesting you use that word because in New York State, I'm not sure if you know this, they have gambling. They have laws where you can't open a casino. Mm -hmm. Do you know that the New York Stock Exchange has an exemption to the New York State gambling <laughs> laws? Seriously. Yeah. It's literally, they yeah. consider, New York State considers the stock market as a gambling establishment. Right, right. And so you should too. You absolutely should. Absolutely should. And don't gamble with money you can't afford to lose, right? Absol absolutely right, yep. And that's the key. If you got extra, you got so much money sitting around that you can afford to lose it and you feel bad because you're missing out, and you enjoy the excitement of, of waking up every morning, either sad or happy, um, and you have that gambler's mentality, fine. You know, uh, now, if you're investing somebody else's money, that's a whole different story. And <laughs> that's what most of these people are doing. They're investing somebody else's money, these yeah, quote, yeah. experts, you know. You ever, or notice, just, you ever notice that the mafia never has investment managers? <laughs> I don't know if they do or not. They probably well, do. They probably, but, um, and then and then as soon as they lose money, they come up and say, "Pay me," and then the guy ends up disappearing. <laughs> well, you know, I, the, the the funny thing about that is, is 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 most of these people that disappear are disappeared because they're set. Somebody wants to set an example, okay, so that the rest of the people pay. You don't get money from a dead man and you, it's hard for people to pay with broken kneecaps, but it does set a good example for the people that still do owe money. Right. <laughs> that has to be the most least popular. That has to be the least popular job in America. No. I'm going to be the hedge fund manager for the Bonanno family. 
I disagree. It's a nervous job. It's a very oh, nervous, no but it's a no good kidding. job. It's a good job. It's a steady job. And if you don't ask, if you don't believe me, ask Robert De Niro. He'll tell you. You know? Probably will. Bob will. Bob. Um, oh, he's Bob for you. Well, to to you know, people that pretend to know him, he's Bob. But I, uh, got one, got? I got I got something else here. What is up with Microsoft Windows 10 updates? Okay. <clears throat> this has become a sticking in my craw now. My my Windows 10 notebook insists on updating itself, if not every other day, at least a couple times a week. Just for that, just for the uh, to hell of it, I went to check on there and see what is it updating? What, why do you, what are you updating? And it's always something for security reasons or for stability or better performance. But you know, I look and these updates have nothing to do with anything that I'm doing. It has nothing to do with web browsing or any apps that I'm using. It all has to do with some esoteric thing like windows.net needs to update or this needs to update. I, I'm beginning to wonder if my information is either one being harvested, or two, this is just when this is just Microsoft's idea of how to uh, stay keep in control of you, you know, to, to control your life or to control the thing that is very important in your life, or is is this some geeky programmer in a in a cubicle somewhere thinking, well, yeah, I guess we ought to update this line of code. In this bloated, ridiculous, slow, cumbersome, biased uh, thing they call Windows 10. It's ridiculous. I have a machine over here right next to me. I have two two notebooks in front of me. And one has got Windows 7. It does, it is, I don't even let it update. It's ridiculous. Why are you why would I even want it to update? So I tell it not to update, but I can't do that with Windows 10 because if it doesn't update, oh. Oh, the whole world, the whole world is shaking. You know, I mean, come on. And, and, and then it gives me a choice. You want to power down and update first, or you just want to power down. Um, and then here's the thing, and I can't prove this, but I was watching Netflix last night and my whole, uh, watching it on my big screen, HDMI from my notebook, and the whole, the show just froze, froze. I had to literally hard reset my notebook to get it to do anything again. And of course it immediately updated. So I think they're holding Netflix ransom as a ransom for my updates. They can't watch Netflix if I don't update my computer. I can't do this if I don't update the computer. It's all done automatically and I'm tired of dancing to their tune, okay? I was gonna implement Lumbutu on this so that I, it's five times faster for browsing it's a Linux clone. And for some reason, it told me, you know, you don't have digital rights and this is an older version of, uh, of, of a Firefox. So you can't use it to watch Netflix or you can't use it to watch Amazon Prime. And I have another machine that didn't have Windows 10 that wasn't working at all. And I put Lumbutu on it and it works lightning fast. Same Wi-Fi connection works lightning fast, never has a, hardly ever has a glitch with Netflix or whatever, but Windows 10 has literally blocked me. It's somehow it has blocked me, and I won't say what kind of a block it is, but it has blocked me from installing a different operating system that I can use 
as an alternative, boot from one or boot from the other. It's, it's ridiculous. That's all I have to say. I don't know. All right, so I, I have no fan of Microsoft at all, and I'm less of a fan <laughs> You're of Hewlett Packard. You're an Apple well, guy. You know how I, I'll tell you how I became an Apple guy, and I'll tell you what happened this past week in our house, or maybe in last week, um, is my wife's. She had to get her like whenever she plugged her um, power cord in her computer, it wouldn't always charge. <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah, so she ended up going from one place to another. She finally found found this great place down in South Park, mm. and they said that. They said, they said Kenny, the good Kenny news. Kenny took care of it for somebody, yeah. South and they Park. said, they said the <laughs> basically that module on the motherboard because it's like soldered. HP solders all their yeah. motherboards together. It's well, so stupid. Almost all notebooks do that. No, no notebooks well, use modular. H, well, but HP components. was the pioneer of soldering everything together, which. And so he goes, well, the good news, you know, the bad news is you can't use that power cord port anymore. He goes, the good news is there's a second power port. He's like, really? And it's like, this is the tells you what everything you need to know about HP. They have such faith in their product that when one, pot, one port goes down, they already built a redundancy in it because they're expecting that port to go down. Well, it's something that people plug in and out all the time. I was in, I remember I was in IT for 30 years. If yeah. you have a port that people are constantly plugging in stuff in and out of, it gets dirty, it right. corrodes. But, but you can, that shit happens. It's not that it has to go to the motherboard, but it's something we should be able to disassemble <laughs> apart, put the new one back in and just whatever. But then all of a sudden he goes, oh, bad news. Your trackpad, um, just blew like basically for lack of a better expression blew a fuse so now you can't the trackpad doesn't work anymore and it said well and if you need to replace it you can't do that you need to replace the whole motherboard why because it's soldered in so you say matt why are you a mac person well i wasn't a mac person always i was a big hp person for a long time mm. until i'm sitting at home working at home and it wouldn't my my laptop wouldn't retain a charge mm. well it turned out that the battery, or actually, no, the first one was the Ethernet adapter went out. Right. And so I couldn't even, I, I had to like hardwire the Ethernet cable into my computer to get an internet connection. And so I had to get that thing replaced. And that thing was like four or 500 bucks or whatever. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the battery stopped working. And they couldn't replace the battery because it was connected to the motherboard or whatever. What? And I had to basically, it got so expensive. I would have, I would have, it would have been cheaper for me to buy a new, I'm telling you, cheaper to be and buy a new computer. Of course, so, it always is. And that, at that point, always. I'm like, screw it. I'm like, I'm going to go get a Mac. Like, you mm -hmm. know, because they're more expensive, but I never hear of these problems. And so I got a Mac and I've, I've never had an issue. And the nice thing about Macs is you don't have to worry about antivirus because nobody's building viruses for Macs. Like it almost well, never that happens. used to be true. I don't think that's true. That I haven't true. had an antivirus. I, I have a passive antivirus that I can load and scan my computer in the background if I want to, but it's not mm -hmm. active. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, so my wife is taking her Mac she used to have, but the, the, she stopped using it because the backlight went out, right? So like if you shined a flashlight on the screen, you could see what's going on, but there's nothing wrong with the computer. So it's been sitting in a closet for like a year and a half. Yeah. And so we're actually taking that Mac back to this guy and, uh, and he's going to repair her Mac. Can't you just plug an external monitor into it? Well, it's a laptop. It kind of defeats the purpose. Well, unless you're going to be carrying it around. I well, mean, no, she does. And she does. Oh, she, she does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Many and people so, never move their notebook from their desk. Yeah. So, my, so anyway, the guy was telling her, was like with the trackpad, he's like, yeah, if, if you know, you, you just plug in a mouse. And she's like, what? <laughs> plug in a mouse? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. And that's what, that's what got the her to horror. say. The horror. That's, that's what got her to ask, do we still have that Mac? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I don't understand if Bill Gates is, such, I don't understand. Okay. I don't understand. I don't want to get off topic. We're not changing yeah. topic on this at all, but I have to do a Bill Gates joke. I don't understand how we're taking COVID advice from a guy who can't even get his own computers to work right. Well, and I wish Microsoft were better, but like they need to figure out the big solution they need to figure out is not Microsoft.net on Al's computer. That's not the solution. You need to figure out how to get a problem solved where you don't have to shut your whole freaking computer down. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Microsoft needed to come up with a different operating system for a different niche of people. Okay. Uh, Windows cannot do every, is meant to do everything for everybody. And whenever you do anything, everything for anybody, there's going to be a lot of people that are upset. And a, a new operating system did get developed uh, for that. It's called Android, <laughs> okay? And Microsoft missed the boat, the train, the boat, the taxi, whatever. They missed it. And that is why Google is uh, ate their lunch and is now taking over the world uh, or has already taken over the world. But still, Microsoft, Microsoft is doing okay uh, Bill is still doing fine. Their stock is still doing well, um, but their Windows 10 operating system is a big fat manatee with uh, Trump's name etched on the back of it. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. It doesn't swim fast. It eats seagrass and it sucks. So that's all I have to say. Uh, yeah, and they're not those, the smartest. Uh, and they're not the smartest animal either. Let me tell you. <laughs> Well, the smartest animal usually isn't on the endangered list. Okay. That's why they're not. Anyway, I don't know. Do we, do we have more to talk about or this has kind of been Um, just sort of a nice conversation we've had. Uh, I, I don't think that we need to, we need to put on a webinar every time we do a podcast for entrepreneurs. Um, But do you want to talk a little bit about how any of this applies to the entrepreneur? Yeah, I think a little bit, but I'll say this is like, we've had a crazy week and mm. anybody that's listened to this podcast, you know, anybody that's, it's, it's been, has a pulse the last week or two probably could use the break and the comic yeah. relief. And yeah. I figure, you know what, for those who are listening, I actually had a topic for today, but once I saw Al had his little, I could tell you were on a roll and you had some <laughs> things on your mind. I was like, we're just going to let that topic go to the wayside. Um <laughs> And I think people just need a release. They don't need to hear about every news thing that's happening. We covered a little bit of the news just to mock yeah. it and joke yeah. about it. But yeah. Um, but I would say this is, you know, going forward, if you're, I would hit on two things. Well, I'll briefly hit on the investment thing and then we'll hit and we'll talk about meetups and networking and entrepreneurs. So sure. I would say once we get past the next two weeks, mm. I think, I think, everybody's there's not going to be enough oxygen in the room to handle a lot of stress right you know whether you like him or hate him the polarized the polarizing person of donald trump is not going to be a relevant figure in american politics anymore 
just, it's not going to be the case. Amen, my friend. Fair enough. And whether you like them or not, I think everybody's just willing to say, okay, let's just, let's, it's like dating a girl who's drama all the time. Once you date her, the next girl you're going to date is probably going to be a librarian, right? So like, <laughs> so, so I think get through the next two weeks. And I think one of the things you're going to find is by, you know, I, and I look at this from a practical standpoint, Biden is <laughs> Wall Street's best friend. And there's tons of money to be made uh, in the COVID recovery from a stock market perspective. So if you haven't hmm. invested yet, um, by all means, do that. Can I give a plug to my podcast, by the way, or do you want me to just keep it a firewall? I'm okay oh, you mean, way. no, no, dude, promote anything so, you want. So on YouTube, I have a podcast called Getting Rich from COVID with Street Smarts. And it's basically, yeah. I'm not a licensed investor. I'm not going through all the boring technicals and graphs and anything like that. I'm just looking mm. at it from like me and my buddies used to look at as, you know, how to, how to make money or how to figure out how to get over on something when mm. we were kids. It's like just looking at things with Street Smarts. And so mm -hmm. in, in two weeks, you're going to see a guy who Wall Street loves to death. He's already said he's going to pass a bunch of stimulus bills mm -hmm. and all, and he's a guy who a lot of that money is going to go to wall street. So if you haven't invested in the stock market, check out my podcast. And we're going to talk about exactly where there's room for money to be made. Cause there is a ton, like the big money has not been made yet. Okay. Mm. Um, I still am probably going to make another, I'm probably going to double what I've currently made, if not triple it. So with that being said, um, that's an option, but let's talk about entrepreneurship. I think, you know, as we go, we have a little bit of a longer window, but if, if we start to get back to where the vaccine starts to get, um, you know, implemented more often, even New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, I hate saying that, um, Andrew Cuomo, he even, he said, man, these lockdowns were a bad idea. And yeah, we should probably get more vaccines into people's arms. That's the biggest guy who's sticking his heel in the ground. So as you start to get more vaccines being implemented, my dad's 83 in Ohio. They told him he's, he should expect to get a vaccine by February, which is just nuts. He could drive down to Florida and get it today if he wants to. Mm. Um, but anyway, when you start to see that happen, you're going to start to see things the summer come up next summer. You're going to start to see the big bellwether or amusement parks. Um, the 2021 movie um, releases that are coming out, all the blockbusters were not released to HBO Max. Let's be very clear about that. <laughs> and they won't be. Um, you're going to see the baseball season start up where you have outdoors for the most part with people gathering. I think you're right. going to see things move in a positive direction. And when it comes to places like meetup.com, yeah, I, I would pay attention to a lot of what they do because... Um, you know, I think initially people are going to be a little bit hesitant, but if you're a if you're a business owner, you got to start getting ahead of the curve and try to figure out how to market your business coming out of COVID. Now we all talked about pivoting into COVID and how do you mm -hmm. pivot and, but you need to start thinking about how to pivot out of COVID too, mm. because you're going to, you have an opportunity to be one of the first people to actually effectively market your business um, in a non COVID world. And you can be a first mover. So giving some thought to that, like, what do you do? If you have a meetup, how can you, where can you, what would be a, a meetup location that would be better? Like, let's say you just met in a Denny's, right? That's not always going to work because you're stuffing people in booths, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe there's, maybe give some thoughts of where you're holding your meetup. That's a little bit more, it's not quite fully back to normal, but it's making people comfortable enough. And then it's effective enough location that you can hold your meetup there. I think there's right. a lot of zoom fatigue. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm leading that 
parade because I hate, I, I, I just, I'm over zoom. I just don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? Um, yeah. But I think that's part of it. I think there's a maskless society coming out in the future. Um, but I think giving some thought to like, what can you do as important as it was to try to pivot and figure out what do you do to be a first mover to market your business with COVID? I think coming out of it, it's just important to do the same thing. Okay. Well, I think you're a little bit more optimistic than I am, Matt. And, oh, I'm way uh, more optimistic than you are. I think you are. And, and I don't know if it's our age difference or, you know, I've just been around the track a few times and I'm just kind of tired of it, uh, tired but of we running. Need, but we need both. You can't have you and me be yeah, these, these total, yeah, like, we, super optimistic because the person listening is going to go, these people are unrealistic. Yeah, You need no, the yin and I, the yang. Yeah. I'll be well, the yang. I, yeah, I, here's... <laughs> You'll be the yin. Here, I think I think that eventually things are going to get better, but I think people need to be prepared for the the, the, the mutated virus. They need to be prepared for a very slow vaccination rollout where half of the first responders and hospital people are not taking it. Um, I think everything is still going to be online for a long time. I think you need to have a digital online web strategy and and that's got to be your main strategy um and if just because people have booked cruises for 2022 and beyond doesn't mean they're going to get on the boat okay that's true so i think that the stock market is going to continue to be what it is but i have a feeling and i've got a feeling now it's just it's just a feeling that when the irrational exuberance of this 2020 is behind us and 2021 is going to be better when that wears off people are going to get depressed and people are going to say you know what f it and i have a feeling that it, it's it, people are just going to continue to be hunkered down and um and it's it, it is not going to be the roaring 20s after the pandemic of 19 17 or 18 or world war one is over i I think we're we need to be continue to be prepared both as an entrepreneur and as a human being living in this country or anywhere else in the world for that matter be prepared for things to move very slowly and i don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel uh happening uh and for another two to three years that's my well, i will i will agree with one thing i said i normally i'm not the plan b guy but mm. i would say this in in light of <laughs> you know d- the fact that we're dealing with something we just never dealt with before mm-hmm. i do think it's important to have a plan b i think you can be an optimist like me and say i think that you know i think we're going to start to move there's covid fatigue we're going to start to move out of it in the spring and probably early summer mm-hmm. um but what if it doesn't happen? You don't want to put yeah. all your chips on red, right? Or chips, not chips. Yeah, it's all your chips on red. <laughs> um, but having a backup plan and saying, okay, if that doesn't happen, what do I do? Yeah. So you always have to kind of mind both of those. But right. the one thing I will tell you about the Roaring Twenties is it didn't go from it didn't go from Spanish flu to Roaring Twenties. Mm-hmm. It didn't. Mm. What happened was you had in 1919, you had what they called the hidden recession or the hidden depression. Right. And you had one year where you had a combination of a whole bunch of people losing their lives in World War I, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people losing their lives from Spanish flu, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And you had a lot of just industry that was majorly affected. You had a sure. huge drop in demand for the country because of the population loss. Right. And you had a moron president in Woodrow Wilson <laughs> at the time. So <laughs> I, um, I'll just say compare that as you will. Mm-hmm. But what you had is it didn't it didn't it wasn't like going from, you know, the COVID of that day to this, you know, everybody's doing the Charleston three months later. It wasn't doing that. <laughs> but <laughs> it took a while and it took over a year. Yeah, at least maybe two yeah. years. So yeah. with that in mind, I think there's wisdom to what you said. Um, but I do think, you know, anytime you go, you, you kind of stretch yourself all the way to one side of a continuum there's always a rebound effect that you're going to go back to the other side. Awesome. It's like I said, if you date somebody who's a total drama queen, your next girlfriend isn't going to be somebody in the middle. She's going to be a librarian because you just need some peace and quiet for a while. <laughs> and if you've dated boring people and you're like, I'm sick of dating boring people, then yeah. you're going to try to date the girl who's like, you're going to try to steal the biker gangs, like the leader of the biker gangs girlfriend. Wow. Okay. (laughs) But the whole point is this. I would say that is a mistake. Yes. But you know what? Something's got to live. But the whole point is I agree with what you said. I think you got to be prepared for the worst. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, We talked about that book, Anti Fragile. And the guy that wrote that, he always says when you have a really positive outcome on one side and a really positive outcome on the other side, you know, when you have stuff in the middle, how do you prepare for it? And the first thing mm-hmm. that he says is he says, you need to do everything in your pot, everything in your power to ensure that the bad outcome doesn't occur. Mm-hmm. You focus your sense. energies and sure. eliminating that. And then you're left with, you know, decent outcomes and a potentially rare, really positive outcome. And right. I'd say, and this is the same thing. Do I want to, do I expect things to go better as me being the optimist? Sure. But if you don't think even me in the background is mm-hmm. preparing for the worst right now, mm-hmm. you're crazy because I am. Right. So you're preparing for the worst. You're hoping for the best. And if you're smart, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna take advantage of the situation, whatever it is. You want to take advantage of it. There's bulls and there's bears, and they both make money. Okay. So here's here's one thing that I will guarantee. Okay. Guarantee. I can't guarantee that that the pandemic will be over or will continue. I cannot guarantee that um, the stock market will go up uh, or I don't know, it could go down, but I will guarantee this to our listeners. Technology will continue to advance at a quantum, in a quantum way, in 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 an amazing way. Even now they're talking about everything they've learned uh, in, 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 in vaccines and so forth as a result of working so quickly on, on the vaccine for the, for the COVID, they're saying they may have a cure for cancer very soon because their, their technology is not going to slow down. It's going to continue. And, um, and, and the, 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 unfortunately, the side effect of, of that, if you will, is that technology will continue to be uh, more and more important in our life but it will also be more frustrating and people will still need to learn faster and they'll still need to adapt faster. So if you're, you're an entrepreneur listening to this podcast, you're not just listening to it because you, you stumbled across it, but you really are an entrepreneur. 
keep your eyes open and educate yourself about technology and what's happening with technology and science, because that is going to be the fundamental thing uh, that is going to, to, to create change and to, 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 to manifest in your life as an entrepreneur and as a human being. And that's, that's pretty much, I've always said that, and I will continue to say that. And I believe the, uh, the facts prove that. And, uh, so that's, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the exponential level of growth in technology is going to be crazy. I think 20 years ago, they made the matrix and they talked about AI and it seemed like it was such an odd thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then even five years ago, it was like, all right, yeah, AI, that's cute. And now everything is AI. Every, I mean, everything. And you look at the fact that, you know, you set the precedent of, of, of basically finding, you know, how many companies are going to find the cure to a virus within what, seven, eight months. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see other people emboldened. You're going to find, you know, you're going to see biotech companies and other tech companies come out with things that they couldn't before because they've been, they've had to work in a remote environment and develop products for people. And I think that forced that forced innovation, I think, is going to bear fruit, especially in the next couple of years. Now, the question yeah. is, what companies are going to be the big winners? Geez, I couldn't even begin to tell you. But I think the fact that so many companies are, you know, had to do things remotely. I think the 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 the, the server areas, the cybersecurity areas, mm -hmm. all these areas are massively huge. I had a friend of mine. He's he's getting into cybersecurity, and he said that you know what the you know what the um, unemployment rate is in cybersecurity? Zero. Zero. So they don't even, they couldn't hire people fast enough. So yeah. once you get your degree or certification or whatever it is that you get, he goes, yes. you're going to have a job and you're going to get paid six figures. Like that's just Absolutely. a fact, Absolutely. you know? And, uh, and the whole point is like, when there's that much demand, it tells you what the threat is. And, and, uh, you know, if you're a company and all of a sudden you get hacked, I mean, I think there's going to be a day, maybe 10, 20, 30 years from now, when the idea of getting a breach is going to be so rare because mm. the level of security is that high. But you never know. The hackers are always ahead of, of ahead of the security. But the whole point is having AI start to identify hacks, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think, I think you're right. I think the, the level of innovation is going to go through the roof. Right. I, I agree. And Just I, a question I, of who's going to be the winner. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we, we again, uh, what are the odds that a manatee is going to show up uh, with the, uh, Donald Trump's name uh, uh, etched in its algae on its back? Okay, what are the odds? So you've got to you got to remember. But I will say this in conclusion, as I like to say, don't get so involved in technology. Do not get so immersed and obsessed with your company that you forget about your loved ones, you forget about other people, you forget to connect with people who, who you care about, who are important to you, and who make life worth living, okay? Don't, don't do that. Make sure you're connected with the people you care about. I don't care if it's a Zoom call or if it's knocking on their door um, with your PPE on, whatever it is, pay attention to it. It's important. That's all. Yeah. I think keeping mental health is that's kind of one of the big overlooked things. I think being able to do that, if you have a family, you know, being able to say, okay, when are you going to, when are you going to work? When are you going to do your workout? Um, like for example, we have a, I have a thing where I do French tutoring twice a week and I always do my workout in the morning. So that like at least two days a week, maybe it'll be more, but at least two days a week, 
my schedule is pretty free in the evening. So when my mm-hmm. wife and daughter are done, then I'm, I'm pretty available. And um, right now we're watching Vikings final season, which is, ah. it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, have something that's, you know, keep your mental health up. I think part of it too is getting outside, getting your yeah. vitamin D up. Which we can you know, do easily in San Diego, not so much in Northern Canada, but oh we can gosh. do that here in San Diego. My mom sent me a picture of her driving down the road in Cleveland, and it looked like Hoth from Star Wars. And the I polar was looking, vortex I was looking for, hasn't even hit yet. Oh, the it hasn't even hit. The polar vortex is no. coming. And it's coming. It hasn't even hit yet. And I saw this picture, and I was looking in the background, looking for at-ats, you know, those big, like, walking imperial, <laughs> you know, troop carriers. <laughs> <laughs> it's cut it, that next i i'm sure elon musk will have one on the market any day now yeah but but do things to keep your mental health up yeah. you know even if it's little things opening a window i think is the smallest thing you can do sure getting outside but you know i will say this and this is just me being the optimist things could get crazy worse they've been really i mean this is probably the worst two months i can think of in a long time i mean mm-hmm. the worst year 12 month period rolling 12 month period i've ever mm-hmm. been around okay but if it can't get any worse it can only get better so hopefully <laughs> well what are you a nietzsche fan if it can't kill you it just makes you stronger tell that well, to the guy who jumped tell that the guy to the guy who <laughs> dived into the pool and thought it was 10 feet and it was only two All yeah right? exactly it did anybody not make that, him stronger see i don't believe in that quote because anybody that's been <laughs> hit by a bus understands it's not true <laughs> it did not kill them no, it but didn't it, kill it him. didn't do much harm to the bus either but i no, mean if you're from the bus's is, perspective it was fine yeah, and this is not a Marvel. This is not a Marvel comic where like some crazy bad thing happens to you yeah. and you become a superhero. Yeah, well, remember the guy was German. Okay, enough Who? said. Nietzsche. Oh, Nietzsche. 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 Yeah, the, well, you know German. Oh, it didn't kill me. It has to make me stronger. Me make like me stronger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think overall, you know do things that are going to make you feel better. If you're listening to a podcast and you come away just feeling angrier or more depressed. Yeah. Like honestly, right now, like I, I'm, I, I have an embargo in my life on political podcasts. I'm just not oh. going to listen to them. Yeah. I'm not watching the news. My it's funny. We were watching, I was watching a, uh, a show and my wife goes, Hey, can we turn on the news? I go, if you turn on the news, I'm leaving and I'm going to go on my laptop. And she goes, okay. Um, but whatever right. it is, you know, could, whatever it is, you need to keep your mental health because keep this is all health. we have. Yeah. And this is the crazy thing. A lot, a lot of people have lost loved ones, but some people haven't, and it could get worse, right? Just because it's gotten worse over the last year doesn't mean it's gotten the worst. Right. So it could get way worse. So you need it to could. protect yourself mentally and psychologically. And again, you're the expert on the student hmm. um, to shield yourself, to make sure that you have some, some give in your life. Yeah. Right. psychologically right. but also you know have something that's gonna you know the challenge you in your life give something that, that's gonna excite you for me mm-hmm. i do the stocks mainly because it gives me some feel some i'm not gonna try to overly psychological but <laughs> some feel of control over my life that i can do mm. something good when it's always good to have the illusion of control Matt. it's the total it's illusion no and it's like yeah i have control <laughs> over the stock market like how stupid is that <laughs> Like that's... Have you read the book uh, Alchemy of Finance uh, oh, by uh, what's his name? Uh, I, know, I read the I read the abstract of it. I didn't read. Oh the book. my god! I, I tried to read that book. I got about twenty five percent of the way in it, and I said I would rather read a book on Zen. This is re- right. absolutely ridiculous. 
um, I'm going to read this whole thick book. And in the end, I, I, at the end of it, it's going to say, hey, guess what? You don't know shit. Neither do I. You know, so no, I mean, yeah. In the end, yeah. in the end, Lewis Black is going to write the back flap. <laughs> <laughs> Always Lewis on Black, Black. Yeah, and if Lewis Black doesn't write the back flap, then George Carlin <laughs> will. One of those two will. George Carlin will come back from an alternate universe and write the back flap. And I, this is going to be my parting shot. Yeah. And, and if you got something great. If you guys want to have humor about what's going on in this age, go on YouTube or mm. Rumble or wherever you want to go mm. and then watch George Carlin videos. Yeah. Not like the long form videos, but mm -hmm. like the kind of the quick hit highlights. Sure. Because a lot of the stuff that he talks about is actually stuff that's going on right now. And this guy died years and years ago. So if you want a comedic break on what's going on and to yeah. you know, give yourself <laughs> something to laugh about amongst all the chaos and craziness, it's a great, great thing to do. I did it last week. Right. So it's well worth yeah. doing. Anything else you got for us? No, in conclusion to my conclusion, I would say folks keep out there. If you're listening, I know you're listening. Um, invite your friends to listen also. Uh, get in touch with us. Let us know what you think about the podcast, good or bad. It's okay. Uh, I I'll cry a little bit if it's bad, but you won't. You won't. I won't. You know, do myself in. Uh, I've got a pretty thick skin, so um, yeah. Let us know. Give us some feedback. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, let us know that also. We're looking for entrepreneurs that uh, that would like to be a guest on the podcast, where we will literally ask you questions about your business or your 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 your, your wannabe business um and uh and then we're going to have the audience also give us feedback on that so and that's coming up soon so above all else keep your sense of humor and always forward never backwards yeah old irish proverb says if it can only get better if it can only if it if it can't get any worse it can only get better and if it can't get any better what the hell are you complaining about <laughs> <laughs> and you gotta love the irish they and yeah yeah they have the best sayings they really yeah do. yeah all right so with that being said my name is matt and i am al and we will see you next week adios muchachos thank you for joining us today on the hallisey and horn podcast you've just taken the crucial step to finally take control of where your life is going by joining us on the road to entrepreneurship. The path to your new amazing destiny has only just begun. You're already ahead of 99% of the people around you because you're finally taking control of your life and making the choice to claim your new destiny. We'd love to help you in any way we can along your journey. So take a minute to reach out to us. You'll find our contact information in the show notes. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified as soon as the newest episode drops. And if you haven't yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, what are you waiting for? Don't wait. Do it now. Can't wait to meet up for our next episode, and we'll see you soon.